God, we bless you. We thank you for the greatness of our God. Be with us, speak to us, and give us the word that will bring life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, good morning. Blessings, saints, so good to have you join with us in this worship experience. I've been dealing with the book of Isaiah, and uh, particularly Isaiah 26, 27. Uh, right now, I want to just jump over to Isaiah 40, the comforting chapter of Isaiah 40, second Isaiah, the beginning of the shift in God's word towards the children of Israel. Um, read already in your hearing were verses from uh, 26 down. I'm going to read 25 and 26 just to recap. It says, verse 25 from Isaiah 40 says, To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high. I need to say it again. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. And then further down the chapter, it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm talking from the theme, wait it out. This is the fourth iteration of this sermon, wait it out. Wait it out. I want to say at the outset that waiting is not easy. And waiting is not easy when you are living in the midst of a pandemic and a pandemic within a pandemic. Waiting is not easy. And it particularly takes a toll on your mental health and your your attitude and your spirit, it can be difficult to do so. I remember one time I was talking to Brother Charles and Brother Charles who was a great baritone bass singer and uh, we were doing that song. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on the I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Y'all say it with me. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. On the Lord, yeah, yeah. I don't mind waiting. Woo. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on the Lord. Well, we were singing that song, and Elder Charles said, "I hate that song. I hate waiting." And it's the hardest thing to do. Nobody likes to wait. It's not easy to wait. And as I said before, it takes a toll on your health, your mental health in particular. Um, and it bugs you. And so um, I want to start off with this quick video. Just take a moment to watch this news report on the, the difficulties during this season. 
Now, we are experiencing a time right now of extreme worry, anxiety, not to mention the stress. And all of those things can have a negative effect on our mental health. It could also create issues with our physical health. Now, for black Americans, these issues may be exacerbated by the recent killing of black men and women and seeing the images of national protests. News 3 reporter Kofo Lasaki spoke to an expert about how to cope and heal right now. a real questioning about the value of life, bringing into question where we are with humanity. It's okay to not be okay right now. Ernestine Duncan, professor of psychology at Norfolk State University, says many people are struggling. And I feel that for people of color, for African Americans specifically, that this time is now being met with lots of messages that strongly suggest that our lives do not matter. While African-Americans are facing disproportionately higher rates of COVID-19 deaths and hospitalizations, they are also fighting for justice in the wake of the recent killings of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. People feel hopeless, they feel helpless. And those are two very important characteristics that lead to depression. When people are in situations in which they don't see any way out, any way of making an effective change, it leads very often to feelings of depression. Duncan says people may feel anxiety and depression watching or participating in a protest, not knowing how it will end. She encourages people to practice self-care when they are feeling overwhelmed. And that may mean turning off the television, not watching the news, taking a break from social media, because there is literature, science, research that suggests that these repeated exposures are detrimental to the health of the people who watch it. Duncan says people should identify what strategies work best for them while they cope with a range of emotions. For some people being able to journal, for some people being able to talk, for some people prayer, their religious and spiritual practices, but for some people, a therapist. No matter how you're feeling, Duncan says it's important for everyone to address these issues head on. Addressing it among ourselves so that we can find support and then addressing it with those who don't look like us in an attempt to affect some positive change. Kofo Lasaki, News 3. Wonderful piece there. The great job, great reporting and great assist from our wonderful sister from Norfolk State University. You know, it's okay, and I, I, I heard her say it, and I think I want to repeat it. It's okay to not be okay right now. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to really realize that you're not okay. We're dealing, yeah, that, that, that needs to be there. Thank you. It really is important. It's okay to not be okay right now. And that in itself could be a sermon all by itself. That is the acceptance of where you are and exactly how you feel at a given moment. The reality of the situation. You know, we're dealing with the ugliness of a pandemic replete with the unknown, uncertainty, and unacceptability of the current crisis. There are so many unknowns. There's so much uncertainty. And there's so much about this that is completely unacceptable. We're dealing with it. 
We're struggling with it. We're struggling with it. And, and let's be honest, we're struggling. And, and in, if truth be told, and I don't want to be too difficult when I say this, if truth be told, many of us who are struggling, and many of you who are struggling, are struggling in silence or struggling against the stigma. And by that I mean struggling in silence, you're struggling but you're not saying anything. And you're struggling against the stigma because in our community, sometimes we think if someone says they have a problem, if they're struggling in their thoughts or what have you, it, it becomes stigmatized like this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And what a trick of the enemy that is. You know, you know the reality is that people have been dealing with a lot. Um, there was a, a, a tweet that someone put out the other day, and, and it said, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know it exactly, so forgive me whoever wrote it, but you wrote a good tweet. Um, it said something like, um, dear white people, your black and brown friends are exhausted. And that's the deal with the racism. But let me just say it. Asian Americans are exhausted. Every time the president gets up in the pejorative manner and calls it the whatever virus and the calls it the China virus, he, 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 that's exhausting to them because people see them and think you're automatically carrying it. People are exhausted in the white community because they're struggling with the same issues and now they're having conflicting messages, one from the right and one from the left, and they don't know whether to believe the right or the left, especially when 45 is on the right, deep right. And so instead of allowing the medical experts to speak, they denigrate the names of those who are actually trying to tell us maybe the, the best available knowledge at the time. You know, what's interesting, I, I was reading the other day, and I wanted to offer this to you. Black and African Americans make up 13.4% of the U.S. population. 13.4%. Of those, over 16%, reported having a mental illness in the past year. That's over 7 million people. More people than the populations of Chicago, Houston, and Philly combined. Now, that's the reported. What about the unreported? That's those that have said something. What about those that are suffering in silence? You know, when I read this text, it jumped out at me how wonderful our God is for putting in here the truth of the way his people were feeling at the given time. Even as in the beginning of the chapter, he says, comfort ye my people, comfort, comfort. He says comfort twice. But then he puts this truth in here and he offers it to us in verse 27, he puts it in the form of a question. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. 
I, I call that, as, as I look at it as in my condition, in the condition of our people and people all over right now, it's, it's kind of the familiarity of frustration. We join them in the familiarity of frustration. We have frustration like they have frustration. And yes, sometimes we even stop to ask God a question. How much longer, Lord? How much more? We used to sing that song with our little boy. How much more? How much more of life's burdens must we bear? It, it was, ooh, I could preach that. It, it, the truth of the matter is that because of the history of adversity, slavery, sharecropping, race-based exclusion from healthcare, second-class citizenship, Jim Crowism, all kinds of socioeconomic issues, homelessness, impoverishedness, incarceration, substance abuse, higher levels of blood pressure and diabetes and sickness and illness and poor Poor, poor health care. And then 45 wants to know, I don't understand why they're getting more sick than other people. There's a familiarity with their frustration. There's a familiarity in us with the frustration that comes with knowing and asking God, Lord, is my way hidden from you? And God, where are you at? God, I've made a just claim. I, I, my claim is righteous. It's, I'm asking God for your assistance, your help, your love, and your care. I need you to do something. And, and here, God acknowledges it. And God offers his, his comfort to us. He says, I know what you've been through. I know better than you. He said, let me just tell you something. No matter the frustration, the Father is still faithful. There's the faithfulness of the Father. God is still faithful. In the midst of it all, God is still faithful. I, I, need, to, I need to put it out there. God, the, the faithfulness of the Father is, is important that you see it here. Verse 28 says it this way. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Let me put it another way. Listen up, y'all. I got a word for you. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And in case you didn't get that, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he even increases strength. It's important you understand this, that, that, that I know you've been waiting a while, but the God that you serve is yet faithful. He's yet faithful. He's yet giving power to the weak. He's yet giving strength to those who are feeling like they've lost all of their strength. He says to those who have no might, he increases strength. There is the faithfulness of the Father. And how powerful that word is of God's faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. No matter what the frustration is, great is God's faithfulness. 
No matter how difficult the days may seem right now, great is God's faithfulness. I know it may seem hard right now. I know times are difficult right now. I know money is funny and things are not what they ought to be. But God is still faithful. God's going to keep you. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning. New mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Here, here it is. The, 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 the text suggests that, that in the midst of it all, you've been through something, but you didn't get through it by yourself. You've been through something, but you didn't get through it by yourself. You've been through something, but you didn't make it by yourself. You, you cried, but you weren't crying by yourself. You crawled up in a fetal position, but I crawled right up there next to you. You, you, you thought it wasn't going to make it, but, but the reason you were able to get up in the morning is I woke you up. You wanted to give up, but I told you no. You wanted to throw in the towel, but I told you I got you. God's got your back, and God is still faithful. He's still giving power to the weak. I know, I know, I know. You, you, may, you, may, you may feel as though you have no more might. I, I don't have no more strength for the fight. I don't have no more strength for the fight. But God says, I'm with you. God said, I'm faithful. God is yet faithful. God is yet faithful. God is yet faithful. And then, and then he, he, he lifts something. And I'm going to do this in a kind of an allegorical manner, but, but please let me just work with this. He says, I need to tell you something. That, that He says, even the youth shall be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. I, 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 I saw this and, and you know, I kind of allegorized it in my own mind in that idea that sometimes you get up and you think you got going again. And just as soon as you think everything is hunky-dory, you start to faint again. And, and I thought I would just throw this in here because not only is it the faithfulness of the Father, but I still have to remember the fragility of the flesh. The fragility of the flesh. You, you need to hold this for a moment because what I need to recognize is that, that, that even though I may want to push on and even though I may be struggling to move forward, even though I may be back up and in the game, my flesh is still weak. My flesh has a, 
has a historical memory in his DNA where, where I still feel the pains of what I'm going through. Now, he, he uses it differently than that. He, what he's suggesting is what young men can't do, you can do. But I want to tell you something. You got to realize that, that, that your body and your mind sometime will take a break before you're ready for them to. You'll, you'll sit down in the chair to watch TV and then you'll wake up from your nap. The flesh is weak. And what I've got to realize is that, that my body, my, in, my, in my body, my flesh, I still have to struggle with who I am in my Adamic nature. And I say that to you to put this out there. Even when you have heard this word today, it is not as though you're going to leave the, the room where you are and automatically be great. But I want you to be encouraged to run on, like Grandma used to say, and see what the end going to be. Finally, and I'm trying not to hold too long this morning. Finally, finally, it is not just the fragility of the flesh, but it's the favor for the faithful. It's the favor for the faithful. It's the favor for the faithful. You, you, you got you to gotta get this part here because it's important. I, I'm not going to go through all of this, but I just want to give you this, this last piece here because what, what he says to them is this. Those of you who waited out, those of you who wait on the Lord, uh, he's got that cosmic conjunction there, but, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's favor for being faithful. There's favor for hearing his word. There's favor for heeding his word. He says, he says, if you wait on the Lord, if you let the Lord be your God, you let the Lord be your strength, you let the Lord be your help, you let the Lord be your aid. He says, I got favor for those of you who will wait on me. I got favor for you. Don't you dare give up. Don't you give up. I don't care what's been going on. I don't care how bad you've been going around in circles. I don't care if your mind been doing backflips and if you feel like you've been doing somersaults without a landing place. You've got to know God still has favor for you. Don't you dare give up. Because those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. God, God's getting ready to give you new strength. I know you are getting weak, but God's getting ready to give you new strength. I know you're about ready to throw it in, but God's getting ready to give you new strength. I know you thought the battle was over and the victory was won, but God said, I'm going to give you new strength. I'm going to give you strength like you've never had before. I'm going to give you strength to handle life like you've never dealt with it before. Oh, I'm going to come back and talk about this again, but I need to help somebody right now. God is favoring you with strength. And so even when your strength goes, God's strength comes in. You know, I'm, uh, 
I, 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 I'll be back. I'm not, I'm not done with this, but, but let me give you this. I, I was sharing on a podcast the other day with a, with a wonderful soldier, a friend of mine, and just a great, wonderful individual. Her testimony is outstanding. It, it's, it's only God could have done it. Um, the, the podcast is on interruptions and uh, Reverend Odell. Reverend Odell is a preacher par excellence, a wonderful individual, former student, and now uh, works with us at the BMP as a teacher and TA and does so many wonderful things. But she had one of the worst nightmares of any mother, of any mother could ever have. Her son, Jonathan, was gunned down, killed in a car. And that moment tore her life up. And pretty soon she's going to have a screening of a play that comes out of that. And um, it's just important that you hear her story. So, so Reverend Odell loses her son, beautiful young man. And she struggles with, with what it means to be a believer, a believer and, and, and to lose your child to unnecessary gun violence. He, he, is, he is killed over nothing. He has done nothing, killed over nothing. He, and, and, and it's a struggle for her. And then after that, it wasn't long after, on the anniversary of his death, that she suffered a brain aneurysm. Now she's got an aneurysm, the grief of a lost son, and she's got to try and recover. And God, at which point you can't, you can't just pray it away. You can't talk away the grief. You, you can't, nobody can get you through it but God. And she turns to her faith, and she also struggles with her faith. That's the honest part. That's, that's the realness of it. See, see, some of us want to say I was in the hallelujah mode. No, you couldn't be. You couldn't be. You, you, Job, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That sounds real good. Till it's your child. Reverend Odell goes through. She has an operation on her brain. She, she begins to recover, and every day she's struggling to go through it. And when you talk to her now, you'd be shocked to even know how much she's been through. When you read her book, you're going to be amazed at all the steps and the baby steps that it took to get her back. And as I was talking to her on the podcast, I, I used with her that wonderful illustration of the footprints on the sand you know that story's told of two foot sets of footprints walking down and as they're walking they're two sets and when times get hard there's only one set and so the story is the young man believes that those are the times that God abandoned him he thought those were just his footprints. 
And then God says to him, says, no, they, they weren't yours. Those are my footprints. Those are the times that I carried you. There comes a time in all of our lives when God himself has to come in and pick us up so that we can mount up on eagle's wings. Because if he doesn't pick us up, we won't get up. You need to know, don't give up because God's going to pick you up. And whatever the divine interruption in your life, God is still working. God is still loving you. God is still taking care of you. And God will see you through. Be not dismayed. Whatever be died, God will take care of you. Wait on him. Because if you wait on him, there's favor in the waiting. And what Reverend Odell was able to testify is that the Lord will come through. Maybe not like you want him to, but he will come through. And he will see you through even this season. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.